It's so funny. I say stuff and Raphael, he pops up. He's like, oh, yeah, we got Xavier tomorrow. <laughs> oh, yeah, he, he told me uh, like two days ago. He's like, man, you should probably get Xavier on. He'd be good for the show. Let's do it. Yeah, man. I'm, 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 de- I'm definitely, as soon as you hit me up, I'm like, yeah, no question. <laughs> yeah, man. So, my man got to get to dinner or whatever it is. So, let's jump right into it. Tweet Talk, episode 25. Lit. We got a special guest here this week, Xavier Miller. Introduce, introduce yourself to the audience here. X. What's going on, y'all? My name is Xavier Miller, like uh, Raphael said. And, uh, pretty much, I'm an investor, entrepreneur. Pretty much, that's pretty much it. Yep, yep, yep. Keep it simple. And you can follow him on uh, Twitter at yep. Xavier C. Miller. Yep. Same for yep. Instagram. Cool, cool, cool. What's and the C stand for? You first person to ask. Uh, camera, camera. Okay, cool. Cameron, oh, all right. Killer, killer. Cool. Also, um, co-host of the Mice Millionaire Mindset podcast. Yes, sir. What's that? I saw. Um, you were saying it's ranked number eighty-three. Yes. This yes. podcast. That's what Apple Podcast or what, what platform is that? That was a uh, Apple. The Apple charts. Cool. Cool, cool. So doing big things, making moves. Got the office popping. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Moving up. Moving up like the Jeffersons. 2019 is the year of of blessings over there. Man, it is. It is. We just just preparing for 2020, you know. You know how I go. Yeah, man. We almost there. Let's kick it off with one of your tweets. Zay, I'm not trying to tell anyone what to do, but if you're a man with big goals and aspirations, it's best to stick with one woman that rocks with you and understands your vision and has similar goals. Having a bunch of chicks bouncing back and forth is nothing but a distraction. Yes, sir. You, you, you want me to expound on it? Yeah. Okay. So basically, like you just read the tweet, that's basically it. You know what I mean? Like, I feel like a lot of times, especially in a black community, a lot of us come up with the impression as to, to express our manhood so that we're mad. You gotta have multiple women. I know I, I myself used to think like, even though I grew up in a in a married home, I still thought that was the dope, cool thing to do. Cause that's what you see, like you see people doing that, you know, especially in music. See people in the neighborhood doing it. It's it seems like the cool thing to do, but in the actual all actuality, if you're trying to build something sustainable, something important, if you got an empire mindset, that's what you're trying to do. It's really not productive because at the end of the day, women they take a lot of your time. And if you got several women, you're doing several things with them, how can you really focus on you trying to build that empire when you got all these, you know what I'm saying, women over here, women over here, women over there, they're asking you where you at, where you been, you know what I'm saying? The shit just, it's, it's not beneficial if you're trying to build. Now, if you're one of those guys that's cool, you just got a job, all you think about is working, you know, going home, chilling, you ain't got that many aspirations. It might be, it might be cool for you to do that. But if you're trying to boss your life up and get to a certain level, I don't think it's beneficial to have just a whole bunch of women just all over the place. Unless you just smashing and dashing or something, that's, that, oh, that might be your thing. That's something different. But if you're just dealing with them continuously, or they taking it away from your time from what you could be doing, I think, I think, I think that's a, a little situation. Right. And we always talk about it. 
and I've talked about it, kind of like the whole transmutation and where you start splitting up your, your, your person is tough to focus. But another thing that we always talk about, and we've seen it on the show, multiple shows, is that connection when a man and a woman get together, how much like bigger things they can do together. And right. so if you're out there and you're talking to this chick, this chick on the shallow level, you're also losing access to having one powerful woman behind you right. because they, they sense it. They know what it is. And so they're not going to be as fully invested in it if, if, if you're not fully invested in it. But when you are fully invested in a woman, she's going to fully invest in you and you tap into that power of having that woman behind you. So I think that's one thing. It's like the opposite that we'll never really touch on, but it's, it's, def it's definitely there. For sure. So you, you said, X, accomplishments are a side effect of believing in yourself. Mm -hmm. And you also said, I changed my mindset, then my circumstances start to change. You can't change anything until you address and fix your mentality first. Yeah. You think differently, you act differently. When you act differently, you get results you never got before. Yep. And that's 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 just that's just facts to me. I feel like a lot of times people say they want to change or whatever, but they don't want to address the mentality part. We know we all know everything starts with the mindset. Like if you're gonna do something, you gotta get your mind right first. And whatever aspect it is, it don't matter if it's something good or bad. If you're gonna do it, you gotta put yourself in that mindset. So that's pretty much what I was touching on for that part right there. Like whatever, however you want your life to be, like they said, you got you got to put yourself mentally first. You got to put yourself there mentally first before you actually there in the physical. One of the one of the things that I noticed about Xavier is he's very um, like no nonsense accountability. Like it just is what it is. You got yourself in the situation, get yourself out of it. But a lot of people are like that. Right why why are you different? A lot of people they're like, nah, we black. We supposed to blah 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 but i feel like it's, it's a consistent theme and all your tweets is like nah like do something no sacrifice no like why is it that's because and that's that's funny you bring it up because i didn't even realize because i kind of was under the impression that was the norm until i got on twitter and i seen the, <laughs> i seen i seen people coming at me crazy and i'm like i was confused it was throwing me off because i'm like whoa then i did I, I i dove deeper into understand and i realized that's really from my father Growing up in a two-parent household, my dad, he was always like, no matter what happened, it, it didn't matter what, it could it could have been anything out of my control, like anything. And when I when it came to him and I, we talked about it, it was always, okay, what could you, what could have you done better? What could you have done to stop this? Even if it was nothing, it was like, nice to be pissed as a kid, because I was like, man, he always blaming me. Like, it's not my fault. Why he always coming at me crazy? But as an adult, I understood. He was giving me control. Like he was telling me, like, you in control. You in control of each situation you get yourself in. You can get yourself out of it. You just gotta be in control of it and think like that. So that's pretty that's pretty much why I think like that. Like every situation, I feel like you have to take account accountability because it gives you the power. It gives you control. So once you point the finger at somebody, now the the, the situation is in their hand. The control of the situation is in their hand. So I just try not to point the finger at anybody for any situation because that's that's accountability gives you power. What you got for him, Raphael? Yeah, let me jump on one of, one of yours real quick. Charles, you said the oh. same circumstances you are complaining about are an, are an opportunity. So, man, I, I kind of, I, I find a lesson everywhere. And in L.A., it, it rained on, like, Tuesday. And so I got off, of the, got off of the train. I got to the corner. And, like, I looked to the left, and there's a little Mexican dude selling umbrellas. They never sell umbrellas unless it's raining. But that same dude 
We'll be selling hot dogs after the basketball game, oranges during the summertime, flowers in the corner when it's time to sell flowers. And so one of the things that kind of frustrates me is like on that same corner up, you'll see a brother with a cup selling nothing, waiting for a donation, waiting for a handout. But that's, it's kind of like two different circumstances, but kind of the same thing. But one thing that I noticed is like, they came to America and they didn't come to America hoping that politics were in their favor, hoping that they got laws passed to support them and whatever they're doing. No, they took whatever situation that they had where rain is kind of seen as like a, a bad thing. Like they say, saving for a rainy day. So like you could look at the rain as a negative, as like a negative thing, or you can look at it as, Hey, like, you know what? I can sell an umbrellas right now. And so it's, that's just like, you know, that's a metaphor for like everything across the board. What other negative circumstances are we complaining about that we could be selling umbrellas in? And mm-hmm. so like, that's kind of what I was trying to say. Like, like all the stuff that we're complaining about is really an opportunity. If you look at, um, I just got finished reading Black Fortunes. Of course, we've read Black Titan. All those negatives actually created a black positive economy. And then they started kind of to, they started solving the problems for us. And that unfortunately kind of set us back. But what I found is like, like we always say, like, I don't start businesses, I solve problems. And so if you are successful, you're looking for problems to solve because the bigger the problem you solve, the more money you make. But we, as a community, point at the problems and say, dang, it's a problem. Like, let's go get the government or dang, it's a problem. Like, what was us? Like, no, like, think your way through your problems and then you're going to create the wealth that you're complaining about. So that's kind of what that was about. But I just, I wanted, I wanted to really point that out because Every day online, there's somebody talking about some injustice, some unfairness, some slight, some whatever, but they're not looking at how they can capitalize on it, looking about how they can complain about it. And that's kind of where I was going with that one. What you guys see on that one, Tate? Uh, I love it. And, that, and that's funny because I was just reading about how somebody was saying, it was like, if it wasn't, if everything was perfect and there was no problems, there wouldn't be no opportunity. So, and that, that, that gave me a di- different outlook on things when I read that earlier today. So that, that's pretty much picking back on what he said. I'm glad you got that one, Raphael. <laughs> uh, so, Zig, you said it's kind of similar. I'm going to be honest with y'all. If you can't create wealth or at least become financially stable in this era today, you'll probably never be able to do it. Right now is probably the easiest time to ever build wealth. Yep. Opportunities are literally endless because of the internet. No excuses. Yep, yep, yep. And so I got, I got a, a friend of mine. Her name is Chrissy. Shout out to Chrissy. And she always, she always tells me when we talk. She's like, the internet is the great equalizer. And she always says, what she mean? You know, you know, it's a lot of things that go in society when we talk about racism and all that different uh, injustices, different advantages they got. But the internet it makes it equal in a lot of ways because it gives you a lot of opportunity now. Prime example, what we're doing right now, podcast. We all know podcasting is another income stream you create just from conversations. Like when I talk to my mother and she know I got a podcast, she thought I was just, you know what I'm saying? She just thought it was like a little hobby. When I talk and I told her, you know, I get income from that. She was like, what? I'm like, <laughs> she's like, hold on, wait, like, you know what I'm saying? She from, my mom was born in the 60s, so she don't even under, really understand it. She's like, well, you getting paid to talk? Like, how does this work? And that's just a, a small example of how many different lanes, opportunities there are, there are out here. You just kind of have to be having your eyes open, like looking for opportunities. So many people got their eyes shut to opportunity they can't even see it when it's literally right in front of them. You got the internet, I can connect with you, send you a DM if you're doing something. Let's collab on this. Let's do this. Let's create our own thing. It's just, 
it's really no excuses out here at all, in my opinion. That's just how I see things. 100%. My man Tom Melly says, people who work for money oh, work man. for people who print money. Man, so I, I tweeted that. I haven't fully, I haven't fully refined that whole thought, but I'm reading the book Fake by uh, Robert Kiyosaki right now, Rich Dad, Poor Dad author, and he was just talking about how, like, especially with, like, in banking, how you see how they can create fractional reserve banking where they can lend out $10 for every $1 that they have. And he was just talking about how um, it's kind of like that concept of the rich don't work for money and you kind of create money through creation, not necessarily through like actually going out there and hustling. So it's a concept that I haven't fully developed yet. And that's one of the ones that I, I'm actually kind of like, why'd you ask me that one? I'm not, I'm not there. Let's, let's, let's talk about that one next week. <laughs> let's talk about that right, one man. next No problem, man. No problem. So Zig said, we all got choices, so don't complain about the results of the lifestyle you chose to take. You chose to take. Yep, yep. And that stemmed from, that's where you really stem from the backfire that I seen Aisha getting when she was saying how she pretty much sacrificed her 20s to get where she, she, she is now. And I'm like, and a lot of people was coming to her crazy, like, I'm not doing it. I could die at any moment. It was like, okay, if you go that route, you choose to go that route. When you're in your 40s complaining about having lack of money or lack of whatever, don't complain about it. You had a choice. You could have went the, the route of, I'm going to try to attain wealth, but you didn't. You said, I could die at any moment. So you went that route. So don't complain about the choice. But on the same side of that, now me, for example, anybody else, if y'all, like y'all, y'all chasing wealth, trying to attain wealth, we can't complain about the, the say, years from now, if we missed out on opportunities with our close loved ones. We can't complain about that because this is the lifestyle. This is the land we chose. So if something happened when we missing out on time with loved ones, time with family, we know this will just come with it. This part of the game. Sometimes we're going to have to sacrifice some of that part. This is the life we chose. We can't complain about that either. So whether it's good or bad, it's all, it's all uh, relative anyway. You can't complain about whatever lane you decide to go down. So that's what I was basically saying with that. Uh, it's so funny because I didn't realize that it's not necessarily like me as a person as much as it's just the platform that is Twitter mm. where it's just a it's it's a space where people just like they love to hate <laughs> and so I thought Aisha sharing her story was inspirational right. <laughs> exactly exactly I did too I, was, I, I understand people got that confused so yeah. I, I was confused so um it's just very interesting. I mean, it's, it's, it's very easy on Twitter to say what you got to say because you can hide behind that one picture that's not that big. And sometimes people don't need that one picture. But on Instagram, it's like people tend to – they're not as crazy on Instagram as they are on Twitter. That's true. Amen. So that, that's one thing. But um, it's just interesting because we had this conversation on a podcast I haven't released yet with Casanova Brooks, and we were kind of going back and forth. Not back and forth, but I brought up the idea about working hard and kind of embracing the work. And he was like, man, Jeff Bezos doesn't work that hard anymore. But I feel like it kind of speaks to Aisha Selden. And it's like, it's so many different layers in what she was saying. The first is the whole concept of you're going to die by the time you're 40. And, <laughs> it's, and, and she kind of made the point that she's like, everybody always talks about generational wealth, but you guys are only living to your 20s. You're living to your 30s. You're planning, you're planning, you're planning to tomorrow. You're not even planning generational. It's like that quote where they say, like, wealthy people plan for generations and poor people plan for Saturday night. A lot of people are planning for Saturday night 
And then they don't get generational wealth. They're like, damn, well, I guess it was racism's fault. Like, no, like, you had had 20, 30 years to get it together. And so, like, the thing that's crazy is if you read the bios, like, a lot of us, like, I read a lot of bios. So I've read the Elon Musk story. I've read, um, like, the Bezos, not the Bezos story, but a lot of, like, bios. And it always talks about, like, they got it in, man. Like, they were sleeping at the office. They were doing 16-hour days, 20-hour days, not taking days off, not taking weekends, not taking vacations, and they became billionaires. And so a lot of people think that they don't work. It's like Eric Thomas said, it's like, you think they don't work? Like, no, like, they really get it in. You don't see it. You right. didn't see what they did to get there, but they did. Aisha Seldon is not uncommon in that space. Like they say, if you want to be a part of the 1%, you got to do what the 99% aren't doing. And so a lot of people, like, that's really what it takes is that little intensity. But, I mean, it'd be great to say that she was privileged or she was handling all these different things, and so that's why she did it. Like, I think those are just excuses for, for people who don't want to work. And it is what it is at that point in time. And I didn't, one thing I didn't understand is like, why would they say she was privileged because she had a college scholarship? Like, you can't, look, look, (laughs) this is what I learned from Twitter. You can't make sense out of people that don't have no sense in the shit they say. So only if you try to figure it out, it's just, it don't make sense. So I just leave it alone. (laughs) It was that like she got an inheritance, she didn't get money from her mother, and just, oh, you went to college for free. Oh, wow. Okay. The crazy part about it is even if you do happen to be that privileged, you still got to grind for it, man. Like, even, like, there's people who get inheritances and they just bullshit it. They just fuck it off. People who get windfalls from life insurance, they just bullshit and they fuck it off. So it's like, we got to start giving respect where it's due instead of trying to, like, normalize it and equalize it and kind of, like, poke holes in it to make ourselves feel better not achieving what they've achieved. And I think that's what it is. The, the wise person is going to hear that and get challenged and inspired. The loser is going to hear it and make excuses. Yeah, like they like say, there's no making sense of this stuff. Because I'm still wondering why they hate, why do they hate people that wear a suit and they, um, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, I'm still confused about that. Yeah, I, think it's, I think it's funny. Yeah. I kind of throw it in their face. It's like, oh, you know he's an idiot. Look at him. He's wearing a suit in his, his AV. What the hell? He has, he has a tie on. This guy is stupid. Right. Can't take him right. serious. Oh, okay. his facial hair. <laughs> <laughs> we'll be right back. That's how it is. So, Charles, you said, fam, that's a word. Folks talking about generational wealth and think life ends at 30. What? Like, so and that's like what, 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 well that's kind of what i was talking about with the whole like um not willing to sacrifice to see 40 it's like how long do you think you're going to live on this earth and also like who else are you planning for so, yeah now you also said most folks taking wealth by 30 don't know the data and just want to compete with rappers and athletes because is it like why people think they they're gonna they're gonna get this done in five years like well I feel like it's that, but also it's kind of levels to it. Like, just because you don't hit the pinnacle doesn't mean you aren't taking steps towards the pinnacle. So, like, your 30 might still look kind of nice. Your 35 might still look kind of nice. You might not be a millionaire, but you maybe have established some sort of financial freedom for yourself. But I feel like what's unfortunate is we try to rush it. And the only reason why I tell people not to rush it is because it's dangerous when you rush it. You skip steps. You, you, 
you maybe skirt the law, you do stuff that you're not supposed to do. Whereas like just doing stuff the legit way, the right way, and just taking that long step, you'll get there and you won't have to kind of like look over your shoulder while you're getting there. But one of the things when I was a financial advisor, they all used to always do like a wealth profile. And they would say like, your target market is probably going to look like somebody who's 50 or older. Somebody put out a stat and they said that like the average millionaire is 62 years old. I think that stat's a little bit high. I think it's closer to like 50. But it's true. Like as you get closer to 50, your income increases, your debt decreases, your kids are raised and they're adults. And so you can just start investing your high income, low debt, low expenses into your wealth building. So I just want people to kind of take the more intelligent and diligent approach towards wealth instead of rushing it. Because I just, I just don't really think that there's anything wrong with like just taking your time. But also I, I say it cause I don't want people who aren't there by 30 to kind of like lick up and say like, damn, like I'm not shit or damn, like, like there's no time left because life is long. And so I, it was kind of like a motivation for people to keep grinding it out, keep hustling, keep doing the steps and not say if they don't get it by 30, then they're a failure. If they don't have it, um, at 25, they're a failure. So that's kind of what my thought process was behind that. But yeah, what you got to say, Zay? Because I know you only like what 26. Yep, 26. I, I see you. I see you talk like this, even though you you kind of young. But I see you. You you talk about taking that 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 long that long view mm-hmm. of this wealth game. Yep, yep. What made you? What 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 makes you think like that at such a young age? Because I think I think it's because like all the people used to tell me all the time. They used to say. You know, life is long. You know, time go by fast. Life is long, and I just, I just believe it. And I see, I see how fast my life is going. I remember it felt like yesterday. I was twenty one, so I'm twenty six. So I, I kind of see like forty is not far away, even though it's fourteen years. It's really not far away. And then forty gonna be here, fifty gonna come, and then all this coming means I'm gonna have kids, grandkids, and I just see like it's kind of hard to explain, but I just know as long as I keep you know delaying gratification. And people, I feel like people get that confused when they even say delayed gratification. They, they think, oh, man, you're like boring and shit. You're not doing, you just <laughs> just working all day. That's, that's not what I mean. It just means I, I I have a balance where, you know what I'm saying, I may, I'm trying to maintain what I'm doing, make that a priority. You know what I'm saying? Obviously, you want to have fun, do what you want to do. But the ma- make the main thing the main thing. And thinking long term, because I know I'm not going to be here forever. I'm going to have kids. I want them to be in places and positions that, that, I know in my lifetime, I probably will never get to. That's kind of what I understand. I probably will never get to exactly where I want to get, but as long as I pass that baton to my kids, they might take it to a whole nother level where it's like, damn, you know what I mean? This is, this is, because I look at it like, I feel like a lot, especially in the black community, I just want to say this. I feel like we kind of disrespect and take for granted that the work that the uh, prior generations before us did. You know what I'm Even myself, sometimes I feel like I, I just recognized, like, I was kind of, I, I was in the position when I was looking at my parents one time, I'm like, damn, man, they ain't handled the business like the way they, they should have been. They could have gave me the time. I could have been in a better position. But then I looked at it from a different angle, seeing how my grandparents was, was part of the great migration coming from the South. My grandparents, they had no education, you know what I'm saying, single families. And my parents was the first parents to go to school, get them education, stay together. Me and my brothers come from a, a, a two-parent household, you know what I'm saying, we both all the different parts of the country doing so each generation is, is supposed to grow and i see it but when you live in it it seems like it's not growing as fast but it is so i understand that's how it is going to be for the next generation I, that's why i think long term because i know i'm gonna pass this baton to them 
they're going to take it to heights that I couldn't even imagine. So that's just how I see things. That's my goal. Cool, man. Uh, you said <clears throat> when people used to talk about cars and say, as long as it gets you from point A to point B, you good. I thought that was corny. <laughs> but now I realized that's the realest shit in the world. Yeah. Ain't nothing better than having a running car with lowest payments or no payments at all. Man, I swear that that's that's so real. Cause like I said, coming from Chicago, it's 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 a real fast mentality. Everything is like, you know what I'm saying? You gotta get a foreign car, you gotta be in designer clothes. It's like a real live fast mentality. And then when you see somebody in a regular Toyota, Honda, Nissan, it's like, oh man, they ain't doing shit with they like they ain't know nothing. <laughs> as sad as that is, that's just how it is there. So you hear people say, like, man, you get your car from point A to point B. You just like, nah, fuck that. I need a new Beamer, new Benz, new something. But when you understand money, you see things differently. It's like it, having a car that just runs, I mean, even though it's not, it might not be exactly what you want, is you got them low payments, that could that could go to the, another column where you could continue to BOL, buy assets with it or something else. You know what I'm saying? Because at the end of the day, it is just a car. You don't need to buy those things until you got it ten times over, where it's nothing to you to buy. You gotta say, Charles, on that one. Um, I don't know. Charles drives a Lexus. That's why you don't want to answer. I, no, I love cars too. Though. <laughs> I, love, I love like I was just telling my girl. I'm like, I'm like at the top of the year. I think I'm about to buy me a Tesla. But I can say that because I've been staying down for years, like years. Mm -hmm. I could buy it without it really affecting me. So, I'm really when I say that I'm really talking to people that I know that ain't got it like that. But they like, yo, I, I need to get a Benz because I need to feel like I'm valuable. You like, bro? I'm just trying to tell them, bro, stay down, stay down in that whatever you got and build that up before you get that because you're just gonna put yourself in a situation that you're gonna be praying that you get out of. Well, it's it's just I guess what I have to say about that is somebody today said that when they read my tweets, it hurts. And that's a tweet that kind of hurts. <laughs> I'll, I'll, like, hearing hearing that you only need a car for A to B, that's one that's like, you know, I actually kind of like cars. So for me, like, it's it's true, though. And that's something my wife would agree with. She's like, you just need to get to work and back and whatever wife say. So like, <laughs> I, I agree with the statement. I need, to, I need to be able to implement on that statement. Yeah, and I see it more like that tweet. I, I look at it more about like keeping your debt low more so than about cars, really. Like, yeah. yep. you know, instead of financing everything to the fullest, you know, for your income. I got an Xavier tweet. It says, if you think you can't get ahead, odds are very high, you'll never get ahead. If you're at the bottom and believe you can get ahead and act on it every day, odds are very high, you'll get ahead. It's really that simple. Can you can you expand on that one? Because because it doesn't speak on about circumstances. It says it's all about mindset at that point. Because I believe, like I said, I believe circumstances don't matter. If you got the right mindset and you act on it every day, I don't care if you come from the gutter or you come if you from the, the slums of Chicago or if you from the slums from overseas where it's really the slums. I feel like you got the right mindset. And the most important part, like I said in that tweet, you act on it every day. I want the people to get that part because you could just have a mentality. If you ain't doing shit, you just think like that, but you sit home every day, it's not gonna get you nowhere. But if you got that mentality and you continuously, you grinding at it every day, it's only gonna be a matter of time before you in a whole different situation. But on the opposite side of that, if you got the, the mentality of a loser, you're gonna be a loser. 
There's, there's no way around it. It don't matter if you got money or if you poor. You you gonna you gonna be a loser regardless. Yep, I agree. I like it. That's why you got the podcast, Millionaire Mindsets. Check mm-hmm. it out with Deanna Kent. It's Deanna, right? Yep, yes, sir, Deanna. So everybody listening, go check that out if you don't listen already. And most of the people that listen to this probably already listen to that already anyway, but still, <laughs> check that out. So I got a little compound tweet here. So uh, Charles, you tweeted this. Zig, you retweeted it. And I think it came from X in the first place anyway. Capitalism is the best system for black yeah, people. I'm glad you picked that. That's a great tweet for you to pick, man. It's like a combo breaker. Yeah, I know, I know that's probably controversial, especially within our community, because it's the time right now where I feel like for the longest capital, capitalism, when you hear that word, it's like, oh, shit, it's like a snake or something. But at the end of the day, what I want people to understand, and I'm so glad you brought that up, like, this is, like, really for black people. What I want black people to understand is we live in America. Like, I keep saying, at the end of the day, whether you got socialist views or not, this is a capitalist society. So you got to understand the game you're playing in. Even if you're one of those people that's like, no, nah, fuck that. They owe us this and that. Yo, you got to understand they're not going to give you shit. You're going to have to, this is a capitalist system. You got to get your bread up, boss up. And that, that's pretty much it. That's why, like, I'm sure, I, I want to make sure I'm wearing this right so nobody, you know what I'm saying, misunderstand what I'm saying. When people talk about reparations, the same people I talk, see talk about reparations all the time, it's typically the same people that I hear complaining about how the government ain't shit, they they oppressing us. So I'm like, why the fuck you think they gonna give you reparations? You saying they oppressing you, but you like, you got out, they were like, what? Like this this makes no sense to me. So it's like, yo, you gotta pick one. Your oppressor not gonna give you anything. And like, I got a different mentality where I see like, if somebody did oppress you, why the fuck should they give you something? Why should the bully feel like, you know what I'm saying? I didn't whoop your ass, why do I owe you anything? Do something back to me, boss up. And I ain't talking about we going out here harming nobody, nothing like that. I'm just mean economically, mm-hmm. boss up. Like nobody's going to give you nothing. Somebody that whooped your ass. I ain't never seen a bully apologize to somebody. Right. <laughs> or, say, or say, you know, I'm sorry. This is what I'm going to do to you. I'm going to give you your lunch money back. I'm going to do It don't work like that. You know what I'm saying? They're going to be like, you, you, if you got that mentality, like, get, like could you just give me some? My less money back, they're gonna continue to whoop your ass until you say, No, nah, I ain't doing this no more. We're gonna, we gonna link up, we're gonna do our own thing, and we're gonna get our own reparations. Then that's what things will change. So, that when, I, when I speak on capitalism being the best system, capitalism, the, the, the system of capitalism gives everybody an opportunity to do something for yourself. Mm-hmm. But that's what I mean by that. Being black people, we could do something for ourselves, you know what I'm saying? But a lot of us, I feel like we don't fully really understand that. Let's take a quick break. This is Elwood of Mindset Matters Tees. We offer merchandise with quotes that help shape your mindset. You can find us at www.mindsetmatterstees.com. So somebody on on Instagram put out a post and she said that her mom was trying to move into like an affluent suburb of uh, Los Angeles, like the Baldwin Park, the Dare Heights area. And she couldn't get approved for the loan. And so what she did is she circled back and she said, well, find out what kind of people are buying those homes. 
and she found it was business owners and professionals. And her conclusion was that there's a certain level in a certain world that you can't even access if you're not a business owner. And so when I say that capitalism is the best system for black people, what I, one of the first things that kind of stands out to me is the fact that kind of like what we were saying is that the internet empowers us all. The internet is the equalizer. I've seen people, and it's something that I've kind of done for a while, is you can make money by operating through a logo, not by operating through your, your person. Meaning that people don't support Coke, some old white dude in the tower, they support that brand, that logo. Capitalism allows you to put a commodity between you and your money. And that commodity isn't you. That commodity is a nameless, faceless, raceless, genderless commodity. So people don't come to your restaurant because they like you. They come to your restaurant because they like your burger. It's not a black burger. It's a burger. They don't have black hunger or white hunger. They have hunger. They don't, and that's why people can make so much money in real estate is because it's a nameless, faceless transaction. And so that's why capitalism allows African-American people and any people to do well in America. That's why immigrants come to America, not for assistance. They come here to start a business. I was talking to a client today. She came from Lima, Peru, and she owns a smog company, a smog check stop. Super successful. Home in Manhattan, home in Manhattan Beach. Um, just paying for her health care out of pocket, like just doing super duper well, doesn't have a college education, nothing. She just came from Peru. And she's like, you know what? I got to start a business. I was reading this case of a long time ago about this couple who actually, it was a criminal law case and she had shot this lady in the back of the head. But I read the bio of the owner. It's an Asian couple who came here. They worked in the sweatshop, worked from the sweatshop, got a liquor store, and now they're successful. A business is how you win in America. Ownership is how you win in America because the income is unlimited. There are no restrictions. We see it today from the young Spurgo kid. The dude's like 12 and he has a company doing numbers online. We see people who are quitting jobs that are paying them 15 and $20 an hour, starting an online business and making $250,000 in a year. No employer is going to do that for you. It eliminates race, it eliminates the employer, it eliminates their power over your life because at that point in time, you're going to the market. I say it all the time, there's more money at in the world than there is on your job. You can go out to the world and you can sell yourself to the billions of people in the world as opposed to trying to get one person to like you. So I really wish that I could break it down, but I just want to say that like, when you have a commodity that you can sell over and over and over countless times, your income is unlimited versus your job is going to determine if they like you, if you smell good, if you look good, if they like the way you talk, if they like the way you groom yourself. No, you put a product in between you and your money. You put an asset in between you and your money. Our tenants don't pay us because they like us. They pay us because we put a roof over their head. They could like us or they could hate us, but they have a roof. They're not paying us because of, of, of me. They're paying the roof. And so like, if we can just get people to start thinking that way, put assets in between you and what you want in our life, we'll do a lot better financially. That's deep right there. Yeah, so we're gonna finish it off this last tweet from Zay, cause I think this one is a really good one. And it fits the show. If you're one of those people that like to be the only person with money in your circle, I can't fuck with you. <laughs> I pray that all my friends become people of affluence cause that means we can accomplish more. Individual power is not real power. The power is in humans. And that's, that's, that's just, I mean, that's just 
simple to me. You look throughout the history, just just this human history, and you look at people that have power. It was never typically through individuals. It was always through families or through some kind of team. So yeah. in, in 2019, today's time, I don't know why some people lost that information, or well, maybe they never know, but that's just as simple as it is, especially being a black person, you have to understand that because you know there are certain disadvantages. So you gotta know, you gotta link up and link up with like-minded people and do business together. Use our resources together to get ahead. You just It's just as simple as that because like, <clears throat> I come from an environment like I keep like I keep mentioning Chicago, where we y'all probably know people like this too. It's like how the you'll see some girls that want to be the prettiest girl in the circle. It's like the same way with dudes, or we like that with our uh, affluence. It's like all right, we want to be the dude with the most money. Or we, but how I see it is, if I'm the only one with money, I'm not doing shit because I'm not putting nobody else in position. You ain't got no money, you, ain't, you know. What I'm saying that's why at the same time it's so dope. I love the fact that. There's so many black pod, black podcasts that's doing super well because it opens the door now. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, you got Todd and Rashana, me and Deanna, you got Brian, you got Josh, uh, Black World Renaissance. It opens the door for so many others where we could all eventually put our platform together and reach so many more people. It would right. suck for, for me to be the only podcast on there or suck for Todd to be the only one on there, even though that would be dope. But there's no real power in that. You know what I mean? It's, 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 we can reach so more, so many more people doing things together. And that goes to all aspects of business anyway, because like I keep saying at the end of the day, we in America. This is a business. So it makes sense to do business, but you got to make sure people on that on that business tip thinking business mind. Yep. Cool, man. And we know you got you to break out any minute. So... So the listeners, make sure you follow X on Twitter. Like we said before, at Xavier C. Miller. C. Miller. If you don't know how to spell Xavier, <laughs> that's X-A-V-I-E-R-C-M-I-L-L-E-R. And he said it's the same on Instagram. So make sure you follow him. Make sure you start. You follow Millionaire uh, Mindset Podcast. It's on Apple Podcasts. It's on Google Podcasts. It's out there, man. Millionaire Mindsets with um, Yana Kent. Make sure you catch that. Definitely. Also, check out all the uh, all the podcast sponsors, friends of the podcast, Hood Estates, Eric Classic Climb, Terry Egioma. I'm an investor. Also, check out Andre C. Hatcher and his notary company, um, Provado Life T, 17th Watches. Um, also, I keep telling him to give me an ad, but the soul for soul uh, the brother making the air podcast has checked him out too. He has a lot of uh, fire wow. merch. Um, also check out uh, the black Christmas challenge. We are challenging everybody to shop. Maybe not do all your shopping with black businesses, but make a conscious effort to support black businesses this Christmas. There's so many out there these days that you have access through to uh, through Instagram and social media, all that good stuff. Take us out, Raphael. Yep. So make sure you follow, uh, you know, uh, Charles on Twitter at Legend Billy this week. Uh, <laughs> my change, right? Yeah. <laughs> you know, you follow me, Raphael, at Work Money Life. You can follow us on Instagram at Black Wealth Tweet Talk. You got at Todd.Capital and at Bless a Black Man. You got so many, so many going, man. So yeah. many going.
Just 10X. Episode 25, signing off. Yeah, we out. Appreciate y'all. Definitely. Man, that was dope.